Hey, good morning, everybody. It's another great day to be alive and welcome to the Six Figure Pivot, the show that's dedicated to helping business coaches and consultants earn six figure profits. I'm your host, Anthony Gonzalez, and I'm a business consultant. And my goal is that together with my audience, we can learn new skills so that way we can change our family tree. Now, normally each week I interview CEOs and successful entrepreneurs. We discuss strategies and insights, and we even talk about new ways to use existing technology so that ultimately we can make a six figure income. Now, in today's episode, I want to do things a little bit different because over the past three years, I've had on over a hundred different guests. One of the things that ends up happening is that as we get new listeners, they don't get the opportunity to hear older content that is really amazing, great highlights. So what I want to do is I want to take three different episodes, chop them up and give you the highlights for anybody that is new here. So the first one I want to have on is going to be one of my favorite guests, the most memorable guests. She is Kelly Roach, episode number 47. Yeah, the most important thing when you're getting started, and it doesn't matter whether you want to break into a new market, you're starting a new business, you're launching a new program, you're bringing a new concept to the market, it's all the same. Uh, the, the number one thing is just, just focus on being of service first and don't check the likes. Don't check the likes. Don't check the vanity metrics. I know we all want to say, well, yeah, it, it matters how many people see my stuff. It matters how many people. And yes, all that is important, but you have to have conviction around why you're doing what you're doing and what your message to the world is. And, you know, they always say that your income is determined by your impact. And I think the first step to making an impact in order to grow your income is to really be of service to the world, to really show up and deliver valuable content that changes people's lives. I think that's your first step. If somebody isn't confident when they're first getting started, what is your recommendation on how they can kind of build that up, especially somebody who's not used to rejection? You know, entrepreneurship is hard. I mean, it's one of the hardest things that you can do. You're going out there competing against the world. So, I mean, how do you kind of get started in getting those quick wins? I, I really correlate everything as it relates to growing your business with an athlete, because, you know, you think about any other area of life, you don't try something once, do it perfectly and get a magical result the first time you tried it. That would be ridiculous. But then we get into our businesses and we think, the first time we do a launch, the first time we do a consultation, the first time we do a social media post that we should, you know, see the spontaneous combustion of results and outcomes. And it just doesn't work that way. So we have to think realistically about how the progression of things work in life. And that is that you do something over and over again. And the first dozen or two dozen or three dozen times that you try it, you don't do it very well and you don't get a result right away. But I think we place these unrealistic expectations on ourselves when it comes to executing in business, where we do think that I'm not good enough, or this isn't going to work for me, or I failed when we follow the same natural course of progression in our business that we do in every other area of life which is that it takes time. It takes repetition. Now, in terms of, you said, how do you get quick wins? Well, a couple of things. Number one, you get quick wins by creating val valuable visibility to the right people, right? For me, one of the very first things I did when I was starting my first company was start running Facebook ads. Why did I do that? Because I started off, I had no network. I had no platform. I had no audience. I didn't know anyone in the online world. I was literally starting from zero. So I immediately started running Facebook ads and I started running Facebook ads for a free consultation. 
That immediately got me quick wins because people saw my face. They, they repeatedly saw my brand. They saw me offering to do a free 30 minute consultation to help them with the strategy for their business. And boom, you know, within 30 days, I started generating revenue because if you have no network, if you have no audience, if you have no one that knows what you're offering, how can you expect to generate revenue? right? You have to strategically place yourself in front of your ideal buyer in whatever way that comes. You can do that by doing PR, by doing podcasting, by speaking on summits, by speaking on stages, um, by, you know, co-moderating and clubhouse. I mean, there's a million ways you can do it, but you have to have a strategy that takes you, puts you in front of your ideal buyer and gives them a compelling call to action that they're going to make a move based on, right? Next is episode number 28, one of my most memorable interviews with Alex Machuca, definitely one of the best consultants I've ever met, built a multi-million dollar company in only 12 months. He knows exactly what he's doing. Check it out. When you're trying to start an agency, people say like, don't work for free. Like it's okay to work for free. The reason you wanna work for free is because you wanna get testimonials. Testimonials are currency, okay? Once you have, there's people who build multi-million dollar businesses off one testimonial, one, right? So you can say to somebody, Hey, listen, you cover the ad spend. I won't charge you anything. All I want in return is a testimonial. Mm -hmm. You need to, you need to hoard these testimonials, right? Then once you have enough testimonials and swear, you really only need one. I do recommend three. Then you can leverage those testimonials to warrant the money that you're charging. Mm-hmm. Our services, we, we charge $6,000 a month, $4,000 a month. Uh, when we first started, we charged 3,500 a month. Uh, so our prices have gone up. Uh, I think the biggest problem with a lot of digital marketers out there is they get scared to sell high, high priced products. They don't value their product high enough, right? And it's all about the perceived value keyword being perceived. Are you, are you demonstrating enough value to warrant that cost? Right. Well, one of the things that's interesting is the fact that you said that it was a hard sale to get your friend, Ryan. Now, are you talking, he was a paying customer or was he somebody that you were just trying to get those reviews from originally? And cause I mean, if you're offering, Hey, I'm going to basically do this in a sense for free for a review. I feel like everyone would jump at that. Wouldn't they? Some people do. Some people don't. Uh, some people just don't want to be bothered. Listen, everyone wants to buy. Nobody wants to be sold. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody wants to feel like they've been sold. So it depends on the, the person on the other end of the line. But if you're providing enough value, like for example, nurturing close, the cool thing about that is they show you how to get somebody appointments with zero dollars, zero money. You don't need, you don't need to spend any money to get them appointments. So for me, it's easy because I'm like, Hey, I can do this for free. It's not going to cost me anything. And it's not going to cost you anything. All I need is if you have a database of customers, give that to me. We'll use Go High Level, which is the, the software that they use in Nurture and Close. We'll use Go High Level to send out a mass text to that audience and get them to come through your doors. And it's free. It doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't cost you anything. All I need is a testimonial. So, you know, you rack up those testimonials and then you're actually able to charge prices because you can prove that you can actually prove your results. So then you, there, there's so many different options when it comes to doing marketing, right? You've got YouTube ads, you've got reviews, you've got Instagram, you've got Facebook, you've got, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they have TikTok, they've got pictures, they got so many different things. 
So how do you, first of all, pick a niche that you really want to get into when it's so saturated, when there's so many different things out there and so many other people are doing like, for example, Facebook ads, I know you mentioned that. Why did you choose that one? And then how did you also get really good at it so that you knew what you were providing was actually valuable? Is that, was that all taught to you in the nurture by nurture and close course, or was that something Um, else? No, not necessarily. I know a lot of like nurture and close is more about the follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. I can generate you a lead, right? If, if you, we can't get the lead on the phone with you, then I've actually gotten you zero leads. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if you're, we're generating a lead and you know, we used to be like that. We used to just be like, Hey, here's a name and a phone number. Good luck. Go call those, go call those leads. Quickly learn that you cannot rely on your client to do the work. Uh, so we wanted to kind of take that off our hands. So now we have a call center dedicated to following up on these leads and setting appointments for our mortgage brokers. Uh, we're in the mortgage niche. Uh, from a Facebook, I, I like Facebook ads the best. The reason I like Facebook ads the best is because it gets you the quickest results. Um, the cost per lead is certainly cheaper than a Google uh, paper uh, click. YouTube ads, I think, is cheaper than Facebook. But obviously, a lot more work goes into that. As you know, you know I was filming for hours uh, to, to, to create these ads. Facebook is very uh, streamlined, which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously, Facebook and Instagram same company. So, you know, you're able to get through two channels. How did you decide to go into the uh, mortgage brokers and the lenders niche when there's so many other things that you can choose from? So uh, I actually worked for this guy named Zach Barada and uh, I did sales for him. He was in the mortgage niche. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I realized how easy it is to sell these guys and there absolutely is a need. Um, but, you know, obviously I, I took what he did and I learned from him for like a month and a half. And I thought, you know, I could, I could do this myself and I, most likely I could do this a little bit better. Um, you know, Zach graciously like cheered me on, you know, not everybody would do that. So I always have love for that guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've just exploded. You know, I was right. You know, we, we, we're, we're almost, uh, we have about 130 clients right now, right? all paying four to six K, you know, you can do the math on that. We're, we're just, you know, the systems and right now what we're doing is, you know, building out the systems and processes. I have 30 plus employees. Uh, we have a great team. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just trying to fine tune, fine tune, fine tune, get better, get better, get better to improve retention. How important is it that you chose a niche as opposed to being like, since you know how to do this, you can basically scale it and, and help so many different people. Why is it that you're staying in, in, in the mortgage industry? The reason that we're staying in a niche is in any marketing company, you, you want to niche down a hundred percent. You do not look custom is it. All right. So if I have a chiropractor client and I have a mortgage broker client, the chiropractor client is going to have completely different ads. They're going to have a completely different follow-up system, right? That's more work for me, mm-hmm. right? If I could just duplicate what I'm doing over and over and over and over because my client is the same type of person, mm-hmm. easier to scale. Customization is the enemy of scale, right? So, you know, it would take me much longer to develop a system for all of these individual niches as opposed to, all right, I know this works for the, for a mortgage broker. I'm just going to focus on mortgage brokers so I can plug and play and just sell. How great was Alex? 
All right, guys, I wanted to go ahead and finish strong. This is gonna be episode number 81. This is Emily Williams and Abigail Pumphrey. They are the brains behind the Boss Project. This episode was how to get $60,000 in additional revenue in six weeks with no new leads. I think in terms of branding, I want you, when you're thinking about like brand uh, strategy, um, I think it's in, it, essential that your brand is cohesive across mm -hmm. platforms. So if you run across our brand on any platform, it's going to speak to you as if it were us. Mm -hmm. And now at this point, it's not always us talking. Like it could be another writer on our team. It could be um, our marketing assistant recording a TikTok. Like it, regardless of if it's physically us talking or not, it needs to speak our language. And so we've developed um, a visual message strategy, but Emily for sure has been on the like, actual words that go on the page. Cause I think the words are just as important as the appearance. Mm. Um, and creating that cohesiveness is, is pretty essential. But, um, if you can get other people on your team to start speaking the same language, mm -hmm. um, then it becomes less about you putting something out into the world and you saying that you speak, you, you know, you don't find yourself as creative, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing right now. The whole marketing landscape is really appreciate appreciating authenticity more than they are appreciating design as much as I would love to make it an aesthetic experience everywhere. Um, if they see you be yourself, you're going to do better long-term anyway. Um, and just from the short time speaking with you, I imagine you would do really well on short form video mm -hmm. and being yourself on reels or TikTok. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to have a certain look to rise to fame, so to speak. Right. Right. Well, when it comes to the, um, other different, uh, mediums, when it comes to Pinterest, do you just really only create for one and then you have your team just pull the content and move it over? So that way there's less work. Is that the best way to, to go about it? Because yeah. we, so Pinterest has been a finicky thing for us over the years. Okay. We've had a love-hate relationship with Pinterest. I think truly the reason why our, our numbers are still successful on Pinterest is because we started early and we did the strategy literally ourselves. Um, I mean, I remember we were blogging five days a week and we would go in and we would do the penning multiple times a day, every single week, like that uh, ourselves, me and Abby, we're doing that. And as our team grew and resources were able to be allocated and shifted around, we definitely found softwares, tools, and people that help that. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little with just like how platforms have changed over the years with privacy, with right. Apple update, with Facebook, like literally everything. It's just changed a lot of the actual tracking information. So whether something works or not is kind of hung up in the air for a, a lot of platforms right now. Um, but it's one of those, like they're if you're considering starting and feeling like I'm already too late on a platform or a medium or a stream, you're, you're literally never too late, but not starting is only going to hurt you. And so, yeah, am I happy that we started seven years ago for sure? Cause it's a completely <laughs> right. different landscape now, but we also continue to blog every single week right. now because it's still beneficial.
Thank you all so much for staying till the end. If you guys like this content, make sure you subscribe to the show. Next week, we are going to be having on Joel Stevenson, one of the best salespeople in the world. He led Wayfair to $400 million in annual revenue. Make sure you guys let me know about this format. If you guys liked it, if you guys hated it, follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. On Instagram, you can go ahead and follow Six Figure Pivot. On LinkedIn, search Anthony Gonzalez, Cloud Architect. Thank you guys so much. Hope you guys have an amazing week. God bless you guys.